Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My My Ship Ship Story. Story. (laughs) That was terrible. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to My Ship Story Podcast. I'm here with Brad and Scott. How are you guys doing today? Brad. Great. Great. Doing great. Um, finally recovered. Last weekend was the Watonga Cheese Festival. Oh, yeah. How was that? Oh, it was great. Great. We had a great turnout. You never know about those things. Uh, you sell lots of wine? Great. Uh, not as much as I wanted to, but uh, not too bad. At least I sold some, which is more than I have done in the past year. <laughs> <laughs> so COVID really sucked for you guys. Oh, it was awful. Awful. Yeah. We had just, we had months where nobody showed up. So it was, right. it's, it's bad but we're finally getting back on track now so it's good i think their whole covid i think there was like 1500 businesses that folded in covid in a year oh if i could afford to shut down i i would (laughs) (laughs) did you get any covid relief funds or apply for any yeah i got some thank you good Thank yeah. God. Or I, otherwise, I'd be in terrible shape. But yeah. uh, at least we got a little bit. So yeah, I've got some from renters that have applied because I have renters that I mean, I'm not kidding, a full year behind in yeah. rent. And luckily, we got some COVID relief funds. They paid. One person got paid 14 months. Well, they didn't. I did. Um, so that was really good, and that helped out. Um, Scott, <laughs> how are you doing? Uh, doing better. Uh, you know, it's it's Halloween season, so I'm, I've started uh, decorating my house uh, in the front yard. So I've got a, a fence and, you know, the the outer lookings of everything. But, you know, it'll take me from now to Halloween to set it up. Um, but oh, uh, I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> I don't have the, yeah, no, Halloween. Nobody even, I live on a highway practically, so nobody comes by my house. This is the week that I start driving around or, or on my bike and, and scooter and stuff as uh, Michael Myers, f- fully dressed up as Michael Myers. Ah. <laughs> I like that. My favorite thing is to stand uh, in, kind of in the bushes by the bus stop when all the kids get off and stuff, because some of them won't even get off the bus and the bus guy yells at me. <laughs> And you walk away, they've got to get off the bus and they're scared. Oh man. Due to time constraints, I will, I I won't talk much about, I won't talk about the puppy this week. I'll hold off for a week to give you a puppy update. Besides, What What about your pool? Well, the puppy fell in the pool. (laughs) <laughs> luckily it was on the shallow end and I, I was really close to where he fell in so i pulled him out really quick without having to jump into a very cold pool so thankfully i could yeah i got him out of the pool so that's the puppy report he fell in the pool um <laughs> anyway we have a very special guest we have a two-for-one special today uh we have michael holland and ramuncho Karem, previously worked for royal caribbean cruise lines welcome to the show guys thank you thank you it's been a very long time. So the last time I saw either one of you was on The Majesty, and it was as, and we'll, I want to talk touch on this story a little bit, is, is when we had that passenger die in Coco Cay. So I guess in honor of Halloween, we could do the how that happened and what went on with that. But that was the last time I saw you, which must have been like 95. Must have been around that, that, that period. Yeah, exactly. And I That's totally forgot amazing. about that story until you mentioned it. And it, it really came back quickly. Yeah. It was and, a, German, a German group. Yeah. So so Brad and I were both on, on the ship for that. But 
we'll get to that in a second. I just want to have a quick understanding of how did you, um, like, what was the process for you all, you know, eat and each of you, because obviously it was very different. How did you come about to work on ships? Well, I'll start with me. Mine's probably easier. I started in 84 when there were only four ships with Royal Caribbean. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I didn't know you went that far back. Yeah, well, exactly. And I, yeah, when, you know, they had the, the Pinto, the Nina, whatever. The, yeah. <laughs> Santa Maria. Anyway, exactly. But my family grew up. I just want to mention I was still in high school. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in the aviation business, so it helped a lot. Through sort of a family connection in college, I was interviewed during, you know, spring break, my senior year. You know, everyone goes to Florida to party. Spring break. Yeah. It was really big in Florida back then. Yeah. I sort of uh, coordinated with a college student group, which I helped organize the trip to Daytona for work in exchange for going down. And I just snuck down to Miami for a couple of days for the interview and they hired me. Robin Lindsay just said, no, when you graduate in two or three months, just call us, which I thought they would never, ever knew who I was. And that's when I started. I had no idea. And they really weren't hiring many Americans at all. I mean, we were the uh, lady and I from Chicago. We were the one of the first in the reception, the purser's desk that were, they're mostly international. And they wanted to have us because we could handle with the majority of the, the clientele. And that's that we literally walked on the ship no training, no nothing. It's like, <laughs> here's your uniform. Oh, here's the front desk. And the two of us were running the information. We hadn't walked past the gangway, literally. And we were giving people directions where we didn't even know where. We just sort of winged it and, you know, basically sink or swim. And that's how I... And what ship was that that you started on? Song of America. Ah, that was my first ship too. That was, remember that was the... No, that was the... Uh, newest at the time if i'm right. mistaken it had the largest atrium afloat and that was you know the, the biggest of the of the, those ships at the time at the time it was a mega ship <laughs> today song, yeah. song of america had a big atrium i was like yeah. i was gonna say like yeah, that was know. like their big atrium that was their their little it wasn't really an atrium it was something that, that was, was very impressive at the time claim to fame <laughs> and, and yeah that was um as an assistant purser and at the front desk and that you know, as the ships grew so quickly that I think each contract, I worked the absolute minimum. You remember it used to be what, uh, without pay, you could take off after what, I forget exactly, four months or something. I Exactly to the day I took off of unpaid to take off two months. And then each time I was promoted because, you know, the ships grew, company grew. And that if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have lasted, you know, another. And you were the youngest chief purser. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. In those days? When I was promoted to chief purser, I was the youngest with the fleet. And Michael Bailey, by the way, trained me. He was the first purser. I took his job as first purser. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, now he's the, what, the chairman? Yeah, CEO of Royal Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah, It was a a long time ago. Oh, wait, you went, oh, his wedding. Yeah, no, his, I went to well, Michelle his, Martin's wedding. The original wedding. Right, to Stacy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so you, maybe you'll, we'll talk about this in just a little bit, but maybe you'll have a good Michael story for us. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good guy. He is. No. Yeah, yeah. No, I got to know him a little bit because remember, he was the um, operations manager for Majesty of the Seas, which I sailed quite a bit on that ship. 
So he would come in, I'll come on board on Sundays and stuff. So I got to know him a little bit, uh, not, no, not a, a lot, guy. but a little nothing, bit. Yeah, nothing I could ever say. I mean, if there was, true me, I would, I'd find some dirt, but there really isn't. Oh, but just like a fun, it'd have to be dirt, but just like um, a fun, a fun story on Michael would be, we've been waiting. Probably. The yeah, after, the after I, I, was, I could say something right now. I'm going to go for that. So <laughs> on the Sun Viking, which I don't even know, Eric, if you go back to that far. Yeah, I did. Uh, but I was, uh, let me think here, I was uh, put on to be first purser, and he was doing that job, and he was promoted to chief purser. Of course, he was promoted, you know, really quickly, obviously, higher than a lot of us. Yeah. And we were just in that position. He was training me. Remember in that safe, in that, remember the print room, and he was in the corner with the coin, remember the old days, the coins or the casinos, we had to, we were in charge of the casino, which which there was like the two Nicaraguan guys and us. And we had to, so he was training me how to do the coin counts and whatnot. And he was genuinely a nice, nice guy. And he, you know, he deserves everything. You know, he worked hard and he's very dedicated. And matter of fact, he, when he first went on land, my college roommate, Illinois, I graduated from school. She uh, had an apartment and she was his, just his roommate to be a roommate when he became sort of a shoreside even before he was, I think he was even a, a resident in the United States. He was just right. there rarely in land and wanted a place to live in Biscayne Bay. So they were roommates for quite a while. So I organized that. And we were really, you know, genuinely good friends. I mean, still are to this day. Obviously, we you know, don't socialize that much. You're on Facebook. <laughs> no, he's yeah. a super big guy. And yeah, that's that's sort of that, that little story. And add <laughs> Michelle Martin to it all with our whole little group of people. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Michelle did the podcast. She was the uh, early days. She was on like, uh, I think in the first 10 or 15 people to, to do the podcast. Oh, I think she was the second or third. Oh, was she that? that yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah. 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 So well, she was trying to get, uh, she was trying to get um, Michael Bailey to do the podcast too, but you know oh, how busy he is. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's going to yeah. be really hard to get him on here. Oh. Right. Right. And so when did you leave Royal? How long were you on there for? And I think here, 96, I had to go off for um, my first back surgery in Los Angeles uh-huh. and, Array, and I was off of, uh, out of, uh, for maybe six months on recovery. And recuperation. <laughs> Yeah. And that's sort of about that time Ray uh, received his, his U.S. green card about that in 96. And then decided he wanted to work in the United States, which was, you know, he, he he's worked more than I have and has more. I have more social than security than he does. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, Ray, why, why don't we hear a little bit about your story of how yeah, you came to different. join ships? I mean, yeah. I, I come from the restaurant background, you know, I was in France and uh, worked for three Michelin stars. And uh, I was in Corsica when I found out about cruise ships, just in an ad. I saw an ad with Royal Caribbean and uh, Princess Cruise Line, not to mention them. But uh, I just felt like I had to do something different. And I said, well, why not? I applied, Royal Caribbean got back to me. And I had to come up with an amount of money, I don't remember, but I had to get my flights, do the medical exams. And if I was not approved, I was sent back to France right away. So lucky enough, I was approved. And I got a job as a busboy. Cleaning uh-huh. up tables oh. from a three macaron Michelin was a big drop, you know. Right. And then the living condition was definitely not what I imagined, you know. I was in a no. four four bed uh, stateroom about the size of my closet now. Which which ship was it? And it was the Song of America. 
I cried at night in my bed, you know, <laughs> and I shared the room with... As, uh, as we all did. Yeah, and yeah. Then, no, it's very, very real. What have I done? Painful, but at the end, I just fell in love with it. You know, I shared the room with the two Jamaican guy and a Turkish guy. I wish I would remember their name. But I mean, the room was, you know, tiny. And then it's uh, 5.30 in the morning, you get up and you go to bed after midnight. You know, it's, uh, it's long hours. So long hours. Yeah. Like, restaurant staff like, is, is a tough job. Anybody out there thinking of yeah, working in a restaurant, it's, it's tough. tough. Really so fast. wait a second. Oh, so in 91, when in 91 do you, did you join Song of America? The, uh, early before the holidays, I can't remember exactly. It's so like you were on board December, for the fire, the, the fire in Jamaica. You were on board oh, for the I've fire. I've been on board for and uh, fire in the engine room, broken anchor and, in Jamaica, and, and which, running but, ground in which, Puerto Rico. But so we worked together. Ask him what stateroom he was living in when the fire happened. The, the one and only the forgotten the the forgotten one you call it a dancer's stateroom. Oh, that's where the fire Oops. was. Billy. Yeah, below Billy was there, uh, <laughs> and they so, forgot about us. They never knocked on our door. No, oh no, oh, man! They, they called everyone out, and all the the crew members were out in the corridors. You know, just were ready because the alarms, the alarms never uh, went off. So no, the, no, the, never the did. alarms never went up. So I, no. we were on board at the same time. That was my first contract too. I didn't realize that we worked on the same. First oh no, trip I remember together. you from the photos as well. Ah, from the photos, <laughs> but not from. From, but from today, I probably wouldn't know. You remember the, no, where no. the cruise staff lived, that little corridor that yeah. had a, he, he was sort of. It was uh, by itself. Friendly, lost. friendly with a dancer. Sorry. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Because I, I spent a night or two in that hallway, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it oh must have been the night that he wasn't in the room. <laughs> And you know, that emergency door opened up and no one could see the stateroom, right? It, it, no, you just so they knocked on the door, someone yeah. forgot to knock on their door. Oh, yeah. that's too funny. Yeah. Oh, man. I had, to throw, <laughs> I had to throw that one out a few times just so you get it. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely got it. Oh, that's too yeah. funny. So, uh, we can get into one of the stories. We can do the, the, that quick, um, death on board. I guess in honor of Halloween, we'll do a death one and then we'll yeah. lighten it up. We can lighten it up after, but um, no, I got plenty of death and destruction. This is Halloween. <laughs> I have a lot of, I have a lot of this episode is called Going Dark. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I have a lot of dead stories, but we so we have that. I mean, that one because Brad and I were we didn't we haven't mentioned that story while we're on here. Um, and I think we all have like quite a different take on it because there were different things that happened. This is Michael Holland. This is my ship story, remembering a tragic accident and been Labadee. I think we would have a lot of German groups on like a large group and a lot of single travelers. And I believe they were just out snorkeling and they must have had a heart attack or something and died instantly. And of course, in those days, I don't think we had like the plastic boarding cards, even it was just like a, maybe a paper card or maybe just a room key and identifying the person because, you know, trying to find where their belongings were. And it was really bad. Remember, we we're doing the announcements. We had to do them and we realized it was German somehow. And we started doing the announcements in German. And eventually we found out who it was. But okay. But there's I, something in between that you made us go do, which I, I mean, probably I identify the body <laughs> yes yeah. so yeah 
So you had this idea. We did not know at all who this person was. All we knew was there was a person that was found dead in the water. They brought him on board with no identification. All she had on was a bathing suit. So no, 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 no way to identify this person. So then Michael thought it would be a good idea to get us pursers because we had all the the foreign passports and we thought it might be a foreign. I remember I would take photographs. Yeah. Yeah. So then what we did was Michael rounded us up and said, okay, let's go down to the hospital, look at the person. And then we'll look through all the passports and see if we can figure out who it is. So we all, I don't remember who was there. I know it was you, me. I thought it was just us two, but then Brad told me he was there too. I was there. And was there anybody else? Or was it just us three? I don't remember who all was there. I just remember I was there because I was traumatized because I was traumatized too, (laughs) because there was this dead body laying there and they're like, okay, take a good look so that, you know, so that we can identify (laughs) it. And the nurse goes over and just opens, takes her fingers and just opens her eyes up. Just like, like that. Her eyes are blue. Her eyes are blue. And he just pulled the the thing back as if nothing, there was like, I mean, I was like, so creeped out. I was just like, I cannot believe I was due to sign off the next day. It was my last day on board. And I was like, I cannot believe this is happening. You guys probably weren't used to seeing, I've had seen so many of that. I mean, really, that was my first and probably only one. Was she hot? No. Oh no. No, she was like sixties. I would say mid to late sixties. I don't remember her age and big. So then we go back and look through all the passports. We cannot figure out who it is. We're like, maybe this one. And then we would run down a passport and put it like <laughs> next to her face. No, we didn't open the eyes, but we would take a passport down and see if it was, it, it was like, no, that's not her. We couldn't figure it out. We couldn't figure it out. And then um, all of a sudden we got a call from the Island that the, uh, the roommate, Hey, bring her uh, back. She's from. <laughs> no, the roommate was saying, "Hey, I can't find my friend." Then we pulled that passport, and then we figured out, yes, this is this that is the her. person. Yeah. Um. And then, okay, so this is a part that you guys probably aren't aware, but when the when that guest came back, she was very distraught because her roommate obviously had passed away. So the hostess normally goes and sits with this person, and you know, sits with them to calm them down, to talk them through it. The hostess was hungover because she had her her like bachelorette party the night before. So as uh, the guest relations manager, first person packs, I had to go and sit with this woman for hours. Like I was in her cabin for like at least an hour or two while we were trying to get a hold of the hostess to get in there because I didn't want to sit with her. So she kept telling me like about this woman. And so this is what first thing I remember, she shook my hand and she, she was a big German woman. She was you know, not like heavy set, but she was a big, strong German woman. She was probably taller than me and I'm not tall, but she was like, probably like five, nine, five, ten. So she started telling me how the woman was a miserable woman. <laughs> like, <laughs> the woman was like just a huge pain in the ass. You know, she can, she didn't even want to go on the trip, but this woman convinced her to go on the trip. This, so this woman had told her, if anything happens to me on the trip, do not tell my family. Uh, she didn't want her family to know. I was Did like, you say, ma'am, now you're a suspect. No, I, I, <laughs> it didn't cross my mind at that point. It really didn't cross my mind at that point. At the thought, I felt sorry for this woman that she had to vacation with this awful person who was just not friendly. And she was a friend of her. She didn't have a lot of friends, but they were part of this German group. And she upset everybody in the group because she would say some like mean things and horrible things. 
And but she was still very upset. Somebody she had known for a long time. You know, she was like an old friend of hers, even though she was a difficult person. But I had to sit there through tears through and it was like one or two hours of these stories of this woman and how, you know, this was going on. And, you know, she put this woman in a horrible position. So I felt horrible for her. Hostess finally gets there and I'm like, good, I'm finally out of here. So I could finally go back and do all the port papers for arrival into Miami the next day. And then the next day, a detective came on board and, you know, we had we were landing a body. Oh, and this is when I first found out that, you know, Michael and you told me that I had, I didn't know what to do. Do I leave her on the passenger list or not? And, and Michael, you're the one like, no, you have to move her to cargo. Like she's not part of the. To a deceased. Like, you know, birds, animals, deceased bodies. Yeah. 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 I had never done that before. This well, is I my. I can tell you another story about that when my assistant forgot to declare a deceased person. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> well. So real quick, let me just finish real quick. So the detective interviews me that morning uh, because he wanted me to get a, you know, what did the other woman tell me about? And he's like, you know, I did notice she had a really strong handshake. And I was like, yeah, she did. And then like the dot starts, I had never even thought of it, whether the woman like could have killed her. I mean, she could have drowned her because the woman told me she was a really strong swimmer. She was a very good swimmer. So remember, Coco Cay, that beach was not deep. I mean, the water was really, really shallow. And then I started dawning on me, oh, my God, did I just sit with a murderer for two hours having a conversation with somebody? But, you know, I don't know what happened after that. They just, you know, they just went back to Germany. Um, and and uh, the, so the lady that you sat with, and yeah. she she was saying that her her deceased friend was like, hey, if anything happens to me, don't tell my family. So it's, I mean, I wonder if this was set up like, hey, we're going to go snorkeling on the last day and I want you to choke me out. <laughs> or she could have just killed her. Or, yeah. Or she could have drowned herself. It's well, very weird I, to I, say. I, if How do you drown yourself? I, I remember that, she, that they thought that she had a heart attack. She was out there snorkeling, had a heart attack, didn't, uh, didn't drown. She had a heart attack. Okay, but they didn't I wouldn't have a heart attack time. if somebody was choking me. Yeah, that's well, true. You, you were <laughs> probably not working for you weren't obviously when I started my very first no. probably two weeks on the assistants had to live and I'm not for sure if that's where when you came on. It was really hey, if you could just uh, just, just speak yeah. up a little bit because you're far, had, far away from my the room steward. We had room stewards, but we had these horrible rooms where like bunk beds. Remember, the bathroom was all like the shower and the, you, know, you could do everything at once. And I used to try <laughs> to tip the room steward so he actually would occasionally clean the room. And I remember specifically I asked for something, extra towels or toilet paper. I don't forgot exactly what. And he was murdered the next uh, he was murdered on the ship with a uh, shot with a gun um, by another. It was a poker game. And he owed someone money. And he just turned around and said, oh, you know, I'm not going to pay you. And he was shot in the back of his the head. The room steward? Yes. And that was like my first week or two on board. Oh, working my ever. God. What? And yes. Somebody and, with a gun on board? I mean, was yeah, it that, it was it that lax? It, it was a couple of Jamaican workers and they were having poker game or something. It was it was sort of like, oh, you owe me money. And the guy just said, oh, bugger off and just left the room and he was shot in the back. And it was in those days, this is we're talking about before computers, before metal detectors, before any of that. Right. Jeez. And uh, we pulled into Miami the next before cell phones. 
So we hooked oh, up our shore side. Remember the one phone line was behind the reception desk, person's desk was a big box. And all of a sudden the phone, it was ringing up the FBI and all the, all the news programs. And I was like, no comment, no comment. <laughs> and of course I knew him because he was, I sent him my room steward. I'm just like, well, I don't know anything about it. And it was, it was horrible. I was ready to quit that day because wow. that was, I think it was my second week on board. So that, that, was, that would yeah. have scared the shit out of me. It, it I really mean. did. And I remember I, Al Martin was my boss that she pursued. And I started complaining to him. I said, he doesn't do anything. And it's horrible. I, you know, I could make clean the room. I, I don't know where anything is. And I mean, I, I actually tip was tipping the guy to try to do, to do his job. And I felt like maybe, maybe because I gave him money, he had money to, it wasn't that much money to gamble with, but that was very, very scary. But yeah, I can, I can have a whole subject on deaths if I see. So <laughs> you were going to tell us about when a assistant purser didn't declare somebody. Oh my gosh, what was her name? <laughs> she was ginger? British. When Royal Caribbean first went to Europe, I was selected to be the chief purser. Uh, and I was at the time I was the youngest with the company, I think. I forgot exactly the late 80s. Sun, Sun Viking was the show. Anyway, we eventually were going through the years, going through the Song of America, going through the Panama Canal. The guy died um, at the reception desk. Remember CC, the Irish? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, he, he got his green card. He sent like a thousand applications to get for the lottery, the green card lottery. He was using the Xerox machine in the office. And I was just cracking up. I'm like, you're not using that for personal use, are you? And he's reams of paper. <laughs> he told me what he was doing. And I just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And he gets his green card. Can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, legally, it was a lottery, right? Yeah, yeah. Won the lottery. And he spoke all these languages. And this guy was like having this massive, whatever, coronary across the reception desk. We were just anchoring into Coco, not Coco, okay, uh, Cabo. Getting ready to drop the anchor, and the guy literally was there, and he he jumped across the desk, is giving him CPR. Over, over he desk. knew how to, of course, he knew all that stuff. You know, he could do he could climb mountains and spoke all these languages. They take him down to the hospital. Of course, they were trying to do all the, and of course, you know, when the officials come on, it's like, do you have any livestock or animals or dead, you know bodies or whatever of course it's all no because you know he, or he wasn't dead yet because he was being resuscitated no but hold on a second <laughs> <laughs> well you didn't want to declare dead a person to be dead because they weren't technically we weren't advised they were dead you know how they do the yellow quarantine flag when you come in and then they, they come on to clear the ship right well that's part of the process all the paperwork you look at to make sure that there's no diseases or this or that because they would have quarantined the whole ship and there could have been a disease. But in the end, he simply just died. And I forget exactly what, but it was somewhere in Mexico because we were, I think, going through the Panama Canal. Or Acapulco was our debarkation port like the next day, like two days later, the next day, I think, after that. So we didn't legally have to declare him dead. They, they cleared the ship wherever we were. And then the next morning was our two-week after the cruise ended was our turnaround port and he was traveling alone once again in those days before computer so we were trying to find the next of ken i had to go to his wallet and look for um, like photographs of his grandchildren i guess I, I finally found a phone number to call and it was his granddaughter and by this time um that well the day before we were coming into acapulco and i said did you make sure you declare like probably um Eric, I said, do you make yeah. sure we have to declare that him as, as deceased and, you know, death 
it was just a you know myocardial infraction or heart attack and that was that and the next morning we you know pull in Acapulco you know how immigration customs and they're all their family and grandparents they come like 30 <laughs> people come on to breakfast yes. right get them all the little gifts the you know 200 cigarettes each and the cartons of whiskey and you know all the little gifts you know the propinas off there yes. make things you know go smoothly and I'm having lunch a few hours later with David Armitage. And I said to, oh, what is her name? I'll come in in a minute. I said, did you declare Mr. Jones? She said, oh, my stars, I forgot to declare him. I'm like, oh, my God, Joanne, Joanna Harris. So if you're listening to this, Joanna, you did a good job. She just made a little faux pas, right? And so, of course, as in Mexico, as we can do, we can make things sort of happen quickly. So we had to once again, they were there for two days. We had to invite everyone on board for dinner, like every family member of every dignitary there was in Acapulco <laughs> to make things right as opposed to being fine. You know, but the worst part about it is they he was traveling alone. We didn't really know anything about him except his name before computers. You don't have emergency contacts and a lot. And. I had to finally, they put him in a van, like a, a furniture van on the, the pier side, right in Acapulco. And you couldn't really see what was in it, thank goodness. He was in a body bag. And we finally, the officials said, we will not, we first, we had to figure out a way to get him back to the U.S. So I thought, well, you had an airline ticket on Delta. We could just check on his luggage, right? <laughs> I mean, come on, you can check your golf clubs and the surfboard. So, well, guess what? Delta doesn't take bodies who knew so we had to figure out an airline but anyway before that the officials wouldn't release him from the pier side so he was there for probably a good seven or eight hours in the the heat like you can't ever imagine oh no i finally get a hold of the his granddaughter who gives me and he's like 80 and they i had to find out how his parents died i mean can you imagine i'm like probably of old age you know we were we were we were just forging all these documents we had no idea he died because he's waiting for a heart transplant. That was the gist of the story. And we had to have the funeral home arranged. He was receiving the body. And the funeral director had to call me. He said, oh, you must you must make sure, me personally, uh, as I, the doctor said, oh, we toe-tagged them. Like from CSI, we toe-tagged with the name. Oh, bodies always get lost from Mexico. Surprise. And you have to make sure me, I have to go out, unzip the body bag, super glue his name to his to his chest. No. I'm like, well, get right on that. No, you did not. No, of course not. Oh, like... I'm on a I'm on a payphone. Yeah. This is before cell phones, right? We had that one big remember right. that big shoebox phone that would give you brain damage? Maybe yeah, yeah. before you no, started. No, 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 I, no. But I remember that we used and to that have And that wasn't even phones. working. I was using that pay phone and putting money in, and people are walking past, looking in the van. I'm like, oh, it's, it's nothing. It's a furniture delivery. It was a furniture van, basically. And <laughs> anyway, they, that was probably the most dreadful experience. And plus, he was alone because you don't, yeah. you can't like ask the spouse, well, gee, what was his medical condition? And, and he was, he was old age. He died, but his granddaughter, she, I mean, knew he was, he was basically, they thought he had, should have died years before. And it wasn't like a, a dramatic thing that was sort of happy. So in the end, we found out that, uh, I think Mexicana airline took the, took the bodies, just in case you want to know, I think they, I think, they, I think they're bankrupt now. So maybe that's why <laughs> so but that anyway I'll, 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 that, yeah it cost us a lot of money as we literally had to have 
I think it was a whole convention at night for every single <laughs> diplomat and official there was in Acapulco, so we wouldn't be fine. So wow. let me let me ask this real quick, just for because I have no idea, um, and and a lot of people probably don't have any idea. You said something earlier about a flag, a yellow flag. Like what? What's the protocol? Like it's you a have a dead quarantine flag. Okay. So yeah, Eric knows we had to learn to read Norwegian, right? Remember Eric? We could just we could like learn to know the basics, like <laughs> the first line ashore. Which when you first go, even if you're on a private sailboat going around the world. When you first you drop know. your line or tie up, that's the first line. And then when the authorities were bored, your, your ship is a yellow flag that's under quarantine. If you, you may not even notice on any cruise ship or even, even a yacht, uh, they'll raise the yellow flag until the officials look at all the documents. And then depends which country you are, you, you, know, you have to give them all these little gifts and things. And then they say, oh, yes, the ship is, is clear and all the guests are allowed to go ashore hmm. and then you can drop the quarantine flag of course now the quarantine flag is something totally different but we totally did it right but did you work in europe eric i forget no uh, i just i just on sun viking we repositioned through europe but i never got to work us all a season in europe we just yeah, we just repo- you know did a repositioning yeah. cruise yeah, because, you know, the three main Italian ports, remember Civetta Vecchia for Rome, Livorno, and then, mm-hmm. and then uh, yes. Naples, they were all like three different countries, even though it was the same country. <laughs> and they had their three, all the little different rules, right? Yeah, and, completely different. And me and my, since I'm so fluent in all my languages, <laughs> I immediately, I heard all the waiters all the time tell people on the ship, they would say, Ciabella, Ciabella. And I just said that man, good morning to anyone. <laughs> and I would say these big, Burly guys coming on with the immigration, with it. and I would say, Chabella, Chabella, they were afraid of me, right? And Captain Bang, he, after a couple of days, he called no, me. Wait a minute, what does that bridge. mean? Ciao, Bella. Ciao, Bella. Pretty lady. Hello. Not hello. Okay. Like, hello, hello, pretty. Yeah, yeah hello, pretty lady. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Captain Bain called me up to the bridge with the ship's the local representative, a, a, a lady from Italy. And he said, I have been at sea for, I mean, besides Royal Caribbean for like, I know, 30 years, who knows with the Norwegian Navy and whatnot. He said, I have come into Naples so many times it maybe take an hour to get the ship clear. How is he doing it? It, it took like five minutes. A I minute mean, they would walk on, they would run off the ship and they would <laughs> give me the paperwork and leave and then she by this time after this is maybe after the second or third time we were there she was crying laughing and she explained to him in english what i was saying first i was horribly embarrassed so whenever they would see me they're like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> they would run and yeah we had the ship cleared in like record time you know yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh, the advantage and disadvantage of a foreign language right? yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny but you should ask what we really met though you know that was going to be my next question oh, where did you where did you all meet it was puerto rico wasn't it oh, no, but, uh, costa rica costa rica, no, costa rica costa rica it kind of sounds like but i was i was uh, out on the jungle tour you know with my short and it, and it was raining in the jungle was pretty amazing with Adam but when I was Adam and a whole bunch of dancers entertainers and uh, when I came back on my way they said I had to meet that guy we had to go to that bar and it's like the only bar with open windows it's a little shady when well, you go into the town backspace for a second I came on a week before to turn over to take over for the chief position mm-hmm. 
the person going on holiday. And I said, oh my God, who's he? And anyone, someone said, oh, he's dating the dancer who's going their contract in. <laughs> so I, Chris, you know, have the passport. I grab his passport. I'm studying. I'm like, oh, he's interesting. Oh, and he's French. Because I like Latino. So yeah. So like the old know. passports, that's like what now is like slide right, slide left. Yeah, well, this yeah, was yeah. A, this was a purser thing because if you yeah. were interested in somebody, you'd go get their passport, passport and check yeah. them out. You know about them. Them and he didn't yeah. even yeah. know me. He was talking <laughs> me. So anyway, I'm with David Armitage and our uniform is right by the ship. We were docked in Port Limon. Right? Yeah, Puerto Limon. Limon. Yeah. Costa Rica. We came just for lunch, David and I. We were on duty. So anyway, you, know, you take over. <laughs> That's okay. We had our walkie talkie. So go ahead. No, but when we came back and I went in there and three of them in uniforms. Today's world, you'd have all the iPhones taking videos and they'd probably be in trouble. But uh, I met him there and we sat and he tried to offer me a drink. And it's like, no, no, thank you. No, no. I, didn't, I didn't want to drink. He hardly spoke English. You said, no. And then I said, no. okay, Coca-Cola, I got a Coke. But we just <laughs> sat in there. And after a while, it's like, we're just looking around. And you know, we have a lot of Filipinos, Jamaicans working on with us. And they would go up and down the stairs with girls. Local, like, what's going on? Local women. And uh, we asked the waitress, it's like, what's up there? What's upstairs? She says, no, it's not upstairs. It's like, you're in a whole house. Casa de puta. <laughs> we didn't realize it was a whole house. And David Armitage is like, bloody hell. They had a bar downstairs. So who chose the whorehouse for lunch? <laughs> you know, David's with his hotel manager, right? I'm in my, and we're like, uh, la quinta, por favor. So officially, we met in a whole house in Costa Rica. That's yeah, pretty okay. funny. No, I mean, obviously, working in the restaurant, you've had to have a lot of stories of really well, challenging of, passengers. You know, being a gay guy, I mean, a lot of propositions. I mean, really? a lot of women would, yeah, pass the numbers. I mean, one of her, talking about Halloween, yeah. dressed as a, what do you call her? The Adams family, Elvira. Elvira, Elvira oh, or yeah. Morticia. She grabbed me and she grabbed my arm, my, my arm and hand and put it right on her breast. So and I took photos. <laughs> Did you go, Chabella? <laughs> I thought I was gone, but nothing happened. But I was one of the, you know, many, many of them. Oh, they wanted to marry you to their daughter or granddaughters. And the other one was what? Lobster nights. You remember when you used to be unlimited and some people would have like 12 lobsters. I don't know how they did it, but they did. <laughs> 12? Oh, yes. They would ask for more and more and more. And then I think the company started to limit a little more, you know. So we had to stop and tell them what we're out or, you know, come up with a story. Well, dang, when, when I was on the Lord Empress, <laughs> we could eat, eat in the dining room. We were like, we could have lobster too? Or like, how many can we have? Oh, I don't know. How many do you want? Uh, I mean, I remember the three of us going, we want five a piece. The, the 90s, you could get pretty much everything. I mean, I mean even, even as an employee, you know, we had the more unlimited accounts you know especially michael's I, I used to love that because when <laughs> i started to date you know i moved from my second deck to the eighth deck by the captain <laughs> so that was pretty amazing <laughs> right next door to the captain Remember, oh, our, oh yeah our, and then sun viking you're right next to the captain. song of, the song song of america. america song of america right yeah. yeah oh yes, yeah yeah that's right year, the first captain was the very first morning at 5 30 in the morning he literally ran into him face to face like ran into him <laughs> guess who it was oh, <laughs> Andreas captain oh Andreas. really yeah he yeah. was he was he was a oh. tough tough and bastard he, he, he was said, he just said politely, good morning. He thought he was delivering me coffee. Coffee oh, and maybe. whatever, a croissant. So he was very good. At the time, I was only a crew member, you know. Yeah. I was just a waiter, I think. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because after becoming maternity, you know, that gave me a little more privileges. Well, they didn't want him to be promoted to head waiter because they didn't want conflict um, of interest. They didn't want dating the chief person. They didn't want me to find out how much money they really made. I used to have to use the money counting machine to count his tips. I, I have never used my you have salary. no idea how much money these guys made. I have never used my salary. Royal Caribbean salary, the check. Oh, no. Yeah, I remember because we used to have to pay you $50 and you, you, the waiters and head waiters wouldn't come up to get the money. Like they would be like, I don't want that. Especially if they had uniform deductions, you had to pay you a dollar. These restaurant staff, you had to chase them down to you get know, the to head pay waiters them. got to pay a little bit more, but that money supposedly, yeah. it was kind of an under that money. You never saw it. It sort of went to whom the powers that be. The, yeah. cash, the cash and tips were so big, you know. I mean, it was anything from $5 to a $100 bill per person. I had to use two safety wow. So those days were crazy. And it's cash. It's a bad, a bad week, you know, you had a couple thousand dollars in your pocket. Wow, a bad so, week. Well, you do Jesus. A lunch is $100, $200, you know, when you're talking early 90s. Yeah, it's not like that anymore. It, they've, no. they've changed the system. They've changed a lot of rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael, when we oh, remember when we hit the ground in Puerto Rico? No, no, in yeah, Puerto was Rico. in Puerto Rico. Eh? Yeah, we hit the ground, and I was in break between the lunch and dinner, and I was in the state room, his state room, of course, on the eighth mm-hmm. deck, and uh, I just woke up and I could see we stopped, and helicopters start showing up. Remember and, uh, that? He does it things, but I wasn't around for that. One thing he did that was that a monarch in St. Martin, wasn't it? No, it was the, no. That's Puerto Rico. I think it's Puerto Rico. It, it was San Juan, Puerto Rico. It was when they had all the captains' meetings and all the captains. We go through all the channels. Show. Captain, um, I forgot who the captain was. The, you know, the staff captain became the captain of the voyage, right. and it was one of those. You know, we were sort of like the. I shouldn't say the pimps, but they would say to me, "Hey." <laughs> Can you invite all the gift shop gals and all the dancers, <laughs> right. the engineer or whatever, electrician's cabin for the night? And they were drinking Aquavit till God knows oh, whatever. And we shrimp. left and we, you know, went back home. That was our, Captain Bang Bang. No, was, was it, it that captain? No, was that it, it was a staff captain. They were drinking till ungodly hour. In the, in the morning around 1130, we were coming into Puerto Rico really quickly. And I'm in our office. Remember the song about the big window? And I'm in my chair reporting the lost luggage. And the ship stopped so suddenly that my the chair or the wheel was I bounced against the and I'm like, oh my God. I'm on the phone to Miami. I go, we've gone to ground. I go, well, how do you know? And I see, I see the green buoy and the, the, the red, red buoy <laughs> right there. And then I of course CNN helicopters weren't too far behind. And that was um, the ship was luckily we were in low tide. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, we had the, you know, all the tours we didn't actually dock until nighttime. So that was oh, wow. Fantastic. And you opened all the bars. Yeah, I opened up. We had a brand new hotel manager because I could never be a hotel manager because we were, you know, uh, dating. Obviously, I would have been his direct boss. Uh-huh. So the new hotel manager was clueless. And I opened up the bars on my own. And the, the Miami calls and says, oh, you should open up the bars. And I'm like, done. You know, like the Titanic, right? We had yeah. all the orchestras <laughs> playing, you know, free food for everybody. And he, and he still managed to have chocolate-covered strawberries and champagne delivered to the state room. <laughs> so, Michael, I must have just missed you on Song of America. I signed off, though, in February of 92. 
I did supercharge. Yeah. Super so I would yeah. super. We were on the Monarch, uh, and I did supercharge. And no, then I we was, also. I was BC. I was BC. Remember that? I was before computers. Ah, uh, before computers. <laughs> <laughs> so you were all, like the hot. smart. You were the smart people that were hired. I was like, how does this supercharge stuff work? Oh, I liked it. Smart. I mean, it's it's basic accounting. You were I, so I, smart. This is for the record, right? You were one of the most intelligent. <laughs> And oh, and Brad, of course, too. But no, you were very, very smart and very good, great work ethics. Oh well, so. thanks, because I I was I wasn't on time a lot because I had no. I tended to drink you, a lot. Looks, you don't need to be on time all the time. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> but we worked on the Monarch first, and then on the Majesty, I was doing uh, packs, first person packs, which is like right. guest relations manager. Right. Were you um, on when Gloria Estefan was on with her family? Oh yeah, mm, I wasn't. No. Okay. How was that? That 12 year old rats. <laughs> and it was uh, Peggy. Remember Peggy? Oh, my gosh. She was oh, yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> her, the son, now he's, he's, he's turned himself around. So it's like this right. is a good story. He was just 15 at the time. And he had, he had accidentally found the super, you know, the card, right? The, yeah. Whatever you call it, the, the guest card. That he yeah, used the guest card he used card. for charging. Right. And he yeah, was going right. to the bingo. Remember the bingos? Don't you love the bingo? Uh, we had to work oh the bingos God. all the time. Yeah. I, made, I made so much money doing that. We didn't. I'm like, well, how do you, how does this all work with the money? I mean, not all the oh. time. Right? Yeah, and we was, all made good money. Sweet, that. He bingo was signing money. someone's name, an older guy, and they were they didn't know. It wasn't so computerized that you didn't know <laughs> until like that later on who the right. anyway. Um, I've got this Dutch assistant purser. She's very tall. Amelia, oh, Danielle, Danielle Straver. We realized it was Emilio uh, uh, Gloria's son that was doing this charging. They were in the royal suite, of course. Emilio um, Estevez. I mean, no, Estefan. 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 Yeah, okay. the son's yeah. name was Stephen uh, Esteban. Anyway. Yeah. He, she, and I said, so I, and he also, we found out later he was an imitation of the sky. He could imitate voices perfectly well. So we figure out who it was. He came into the office. She actually brought him in literally like this and yeah. sat him down and closed the door. And I said, of course, I knew who he was. How old are you? 15. I go, wonderful. You're a minor. I can't even talk. I talked to your family. I needed to see your parents one of the right away. Okay. I'll go get them. He disappeared. I call up to the royal suite. Hello, how may I help you? This is Emilio. He never sh showed up, the father. So I sent this big, tall, she could have been a bodyguard, up to the pool deck. And she literally grabbed him off the pool deck with his collarbone. And the father looks at her, well, what did my son do now? And she goes, you better come with me to the down to the purser's office. They came back in and we, of course, closed the door. By this time, people could see what was happening, right? And the father, it was extremely polite. And unlike, you know, a lot of celebrities, right, we used to deal with, some would be very arrogant and, you know, uh, but they were they were just on. She was the godmother, if I'm not mistaken, and very, very polite and said, what did he do? And he had literally, it was, you know, a lot of money. And he said, we will sort this out now. How much do we owe? It was a, it was a fair amount of money. I don't know, a thousand dollars, several hundred dollars. Let's say we weren't going to report it. I mean, for me, it was a family issue. It wasn't, you know, I could have reported it, you know, fleet wide right. and memos. But the, the, he does. We don't want this publicity, and I, I, we didn't. I didn't care as long as it was organized. And the person's card it was was happy as we refunded him all the money. He didn't know the wiser. In those days, uh, we had didn't have satellites, so you could hear on the 
the phone, you could hear the radio operator. The father, actually, Mr. Um, uh, Gloria's husband, called uh, Miami, and he was having his big 16th birthday at some big nightclub in South Beach. It was chartered out, oh, yeah. and he canceled the entire event. I, they heard him on the phone. Of course, you know how the little you know how the little gossip on the ship, the yeah. radio officer, <laughs> calls me and says, "You won't believe the phone call I overheard." They're really. <laughs> and I thought, "Oh my gosh!" Fast forward later on that night, I asked Gloria. For a photograph, like we do sometimes with celebrities, I said, oh, is it in any position? Can I ask for a photograph with our staff and, and, and you and your husband and family? And, uh, and I sort of, she says, well, come get me in the dining room after dinner. And then I, we will walk into the photographer, you know, set up by the office. And I said to her, I apologize if any in embarrassment or what's happened, but we taken we privately taken care of everything internally she goes you know what my son deserves what he gets and that's all she said and she <laughs> smiles and the father oh when he walked out of the office with the the father did a big cuban you're, you're cuban big slap are you yes cuban? the yeah, father yeah. did that big cuban backhand slap yeah i didn't see it but i think peggy someone saw him and nearly knocked the kid on the floor and i respected that Oh, yeah, yeah, no, we used to get, you know, it's pretty normal Cuban and, family. Yeah. Then we read, they made, the the head. they they did that. And then when the school season ended, when he was 16 by this point, they made him be a laborer, a gardener on their Star Island resort, on their uh, estate in Star yeah. Island. So yeah. he was just an ordinary gardener working, uh-huh. whatever, nine to five, or just as a, as a, as a laborer. And they really uh-huh. taught him. And now he's really, he's become successful. Yeah. So it's, it's a good story. So, so here's, here's a little, little story mm-hmm. about the Estefan. So when, when they were first starting out, it was Miami Sound Machine was the name of the band. They used to play my uncle's Christmas parties. <laughs> he, he was an attorney and he was their attorney because they were just starting out and they used to come and play their, his Christmas party every year. Like they had like this patio area. It was like a, an office building that had like a courtyard in the middle. And they used to play there at the courtyard, Miami Sound Machine. Right. It was great. They're they nice, were fantastic. They're nice people. They're nice yeah. People. Yeah. They were always really nice. I mean, I was a kid, so I don't, re- I just remember going to those parties, but I don't remember like, you know, I didn't interact with them, but she was, must've been really young. She must've been like teen or, or something like yeah. that when that was going on. I mean, she was very young. Well, we're getting close to the end here, Ray. Do you have, uh, do you have any, any last minute tidbits information you want to share? Cause we're, we're getting to the end of the podcast here. I don't know. Like- can't think of what well, we're still doing travel by the way you know uh, here's your chance to plug what what you're doing and uh give us an update as to what you're doing today well our our company now it's hollandtravel.net uh we are a virtuoso travel agency now in the u.s for many years and my sister and sister-in-law and nep- nephews and several of them work for us now that we now we own the ourselves but you also said you sell real estate now you have a real estate business there in because you're based in puerto vallarta correct yes our website was puertovilladavillas.com we've been very fortunate we also sell in europe too we sold a beautiful place in paris that we help micromanage i gotta get going but thank you so much for for joining the podcast it was great catching up with you some great stories keep an invite invite you to visit a long time ago you know that I know. I one vacation for me right now is just so hard. You come too, Brad. <laughs> and Scott. There's plenty, of, plenty of room. I, we, may, we may actually have to look into that because that's where we, uh, my wife and I, did our honeymoon is in Puerto Vallarta. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we're looking at a house in the marina again, so we might be in the marina by then. We just need to get on call ourselves. Bo- we're boring them to hell oh, yeah, with yeah, real yeah. estate <laughs> talk. 
Because whenever I start talking real estate with them, they're like, their eyes just clunk. They just glaze over. <laughs> well, nice hey, guys. You guys, and see you again, Brian. Yeah, thank, thank you, thank you so, so much. much yeah. for, nice to meet for you guys. Podcast. Good luck. Bye-bye. 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 Oh, there's some really good stories in there.